Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ellie Nieves of Leadership Strategies for Women, and I'm a speaker, a writer, and a leadership coach. And through 55-minute one-on-one telephone coaching sessions, I help women to develop leadership skills, set strategic goals, bolster effective a personal brand. For more information, you can visit my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. And for daily leadership tips and motivational quotes, you can join the Leadership Strategies for Women Network on Facebook. Welcome to our program today. The topic of our program is Pathways to Abundance. And our guest is my good friend, Leslie Flowers. Leslie is a personal growth facilitator and coaches group seminars workshops, and business mastermind groups designed to take you from status quo to extraordinary. Her areas of experience experience include principles of success, universal law, emotional intelligence, and levels of awareness. An entrepreneur and certified speaker, Leslie's mentors include world thought leaders, including Bob Proctor, Paul Martinelli, Les Brown, Steve Siebold, Mary Morrissey, Brandon Dangerfield, Paul Hussey, and Kristen Simpson. Leslie mentors others in leadership, personal development, and speaking. And two short years ago, Leslie used this body of work to completely eradicate, in 18 months, $100,000 owed to the IRS. With all three credit reports clear, she bought her dream home on a lake. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you very much for having me. So, Leslie, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background? Well, I'd be happy to. Uh, So I went to high school and college on the West Coast in the Bay Area, and I went to San Francisco State in the 60s. So right then, you know, I'm a philosopher and a traveler, and uh, it was the, the, the hotbed of change and I actually participated in encounter groups back then, uh, which was a little tough if you know anything about encounter groups. And I majored in drama, and uh, at that, that time the school was the number two school for drama. Worked with Rene Aubergenois, who is a well-known actor. He helped teach me. And then I moved into humanities, philosophy, because I always loved thinking, and that's really what I'm doing now is just teaching people how to think in new ways. Uh, And I was in a band in the 60s and just had a great time. Then I became a stewardess. I wanted to travel and see the world and be paid for it. So I flew troops into Vietnam in the early 60s as a flight attendant. Wow. And, yeah, and, um, you know, it was figuring a really great way to get around the world without paying because flying to Asia at that time, and still is, very expensive. So I uh, did uh, six or seven trips into Vietnam, which also took me to Hawaii, the Philippines, Japan, and then back to the United States through Alaska or New Jersey. Um, And then I got married and uh, met my husband who was from the East Coast. We moved back to the East Coast in the early 70s, had a wonderful, had a wonderful life, two children, um, and now I have four grandchildren. I am no longer married, and I'm living the life of my dreams. Amen. So, yeah. 
Leslie, you said something very important there. You talked about teaching people how to think in new ways. How do you do that as a facilitator? Ah, great question. Well, you know, I set some parameters first and and, uh, have people understand that we all have infinite potential and that these new ways of thinking are already here. So there's nothing new. Everything is already here. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. So you can be, do, or have anything you want. But as Einstein said, you can't solve today's challenge with the same level of thinking that created it, obviously, because then you wouldn't have the challenge. So you have to learn new things. And that is really the key to learning new ways of thinking. And you don't do this necessarily with reading books only. You, you, you're listening to other people. You're looking and expecting uh, resources to come to you. And then when you have new, so, so it's really a learning process. It's a desire. You have to be curious about learning more things. Um, it starts with you. So it's not something that I could sell. Like I would never try to sell you into doing a program <laughs> because you may not be ready. But what I do know is is that we all get ready at some point in our lives. We all know that there is more. We're all reaching back for that moment of birth. Because if you think about it, when we're born, we are born perfect with access to everything and anything in the universe. And then throughout our life, particularly the first six years before we have our conscious mind and we reach the age of reason, through unsolicited gifts and by the people we love and then by ourselves, there are a whole bunch of beliefs that we take on. And when there are beliefs, we believe them whether they're true or not, and we act on them. Unfortunately, those beliefs distance us layer by layer from that moment of perfection that we all have. We're all geniuses when we're born. We all have complete access. So so learning new ways of thinking is nothing more than beginning the journey back to that moment when you had infinite potential. We each started at different times. Unfortunately, Many, many people don't realize this until they are dying. And mm-hmm. then they go, uh-oh. So, so it ha- it's, a, it's a choice. And it's through being, letting people be confused with information and then seek clarity. You know, order is the first law of the universe. So when you get new information... Unless you're ready and you really want to do it and you're really curious about it, when you get confused with it and you don't understand it, you're going to run right back to what you do understand. But if you hang in there because of your deep curiosity and your readiness and in the sense that there's more than what's created right here, right now, then you will step through those terribly uncomfortable times and your mind will restore order, but it will be on a higher level of awareness and thinking. Readiness really is so important. You know, I, I refer to readiness, I guess, as being coachable, the client being coachable. But that's really all that it is, is being ready to accept 
that you're going to go on a journey, that you need to go through this journey in order to grow. And I think that a lot of people have goals and dreams and ambitions, but they're not necessarily ready. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, you'll start to take action, small steps. You know, no one said you, I used to think you had to leap. Like the first step out of the gate towards your goal had to be this huge, you know, ballet leap. I can't think of the name of it now, mm-hmm. right? Three or four feet, like mm-hmm. a broad jump. And then the, the, the humor in that is is that really, as Mary Morrissey says, you can get to the top of Mount Everest taking only baby steps, but you can't stop. Right. You've got to keep moving. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, Leslie, you just recently uh, went through your own experience. How You mentioned how you eradicated over $100,000 in debt. And given our economic time now, I know that a lot of people are going through similar journeys. They know that the economy is not as good as it was a few years ago, and they're working through their own journey of eradicating debt in their own lives so that they can be in a better financial position for whatever is to come in the future. Now, how did you begin that journey, and how did you get to your goal? Well, it began with frustration, and frustration is a great motivator. The only thing is, is you you have to separate the emotional side with the real healthy dissatisfaction with what's going on, right? So if you're angry and you have emotions, you're not thinking clearly. So the first thing was that I was dissatisfied that I was getting divorced and my ex-husband had um, filed bankruptcy, so the IRS came after me. So the reality was that the debt wasn't mine. But it doesn't matter when the IRS gets it. They don't care whose debt it is. They're going to go after you. So, So the dissatisfaction was, well, this isn't right. This isn't fair. This wasn't my debt. I understand how it happened, but it's not okay. So it started with a decision to take action. Sometimes we're faced with smaller things like this, and we let it go. Because you can't go after everything. You've got to go after what's the most important to you. Well, here I am in my mid-50s, and all of a sudden I owe the government $100,000, and it wasn't mine. So it wasn't okay. So that was the dissatisfaction. Was I angry? Sure. But I, you don't get anywhere. You've got to distinguish and sort of call out the anger so you can see what the real dissatisfaction is. I mean, Edison, think of him. You know, why did he want to do the incandescent bulb? Why did he try 10,000 times? Well, I don't know. Maybe his eyesight was diminishing from reading by candlelight. Maybe his fingers were burned from putting out the candle. I mean, we don't know why. But he was frustrated. Right. You know, enough. So it was really a decision based on a healthy dissatisfaction with a circumstance that I was it was not okay. So that's how I began. And then I knew a few things to do. I did not know how it was going to happen. I just had faith. I just did what I knew to do. And somebody said, get a tax lawyer. That's what I did. A guy who knows taxes and who's an attorney. Lo and behold, there was a special law called Innocent Spouse. At the end of a year, 70,000 of it was removed, 
And the lawyer said, this is really great, Leslie. This leaves you 30, 15 for him and 15 for you. And I looked at him, and I said, but I, this, I don't want to pay 15. <laughs> that isn't mine either. So he said, well, do you want to appeal? I said, yeah, let's appeal. So six months later, on a phone call with a judge, it was all removed. Um, and it cost me $6,000 to relieve myself of $100,000 worth of debt. Wow. Hello, Leslie? Hello? So we had a little bit of technical difficulty there, but we're back on. So, Leslie, uh, tell us how you felt once you eradicated all of the debt. Well, you know, Ellie, that's a very interesting question that you ask because one would think, or certainly I would have thought, that I'd be elated. But I wasn't. I set a new goal. Where I was excited was at every step, major milestone. The decision to to move forward was exciting. Um, then the, during the year, there were a few little bubbles along the way. When the year was up and I won the first 70000 I was thrilled. But then, oh, there was still thirty. New goal. You know, reach that goal and, and six months later, great. Now I can buy my dream home on the lake. So I think what there is to, to get, certainly what I got from this Ellie, was that it is never getting the goal. It is the exhilaration of being really uncomfortable and stepping into an area that you really don't know about. You don't know, and you got to go find someone to help you. And when it works, that's where you grow in awareness. You've learned new ways of thinking. That's the miracle grow for human beings. And this is my own explanation, but if you look at a flower, and with a modicum of care, it survives quite nicely, as do we humans. But our gift is conscious awareness. If you put miracle grow on that flower, it gets bigger, faster, more brilliant, reaches to the sun, faster than the other flowers. Our miracle grow is new ways of thinking, learning new things. We get closer to our infinite potential, which again moves us back to where we started. So that is, the excitement was not in the end result. The excitement was along the way. That allowed me to do more because I knew I could do more. And then I did bought my dream home on a lake that I'd wanted for five years, visualized heavily, and even looked at other homes on the street during that period of time, but either the finances didn't work or it didn't feel right, and the very home 
that I had looked at five years before came available after this $100,000 in perfect timing, and that's the law of gestation. It comes to us, but we don't get to say when. Now I can look back and I can see it all laid out perfectly, of course, but when you're in it, you know, you're anxious and itchy about it. And so now I live on Swan Lake. I mean, you know, so it's the first house I ever bought on my own, and I was over 60 at the time. So it's magical just with one decision that it's not okay. This dissatisfaction, this frustration, I was plenty angry. But you really just have to separate it like the skin of an orange, okay, because that skin is bitter and the orange is sweet. Together, if you take a bite out of both, it's it's nasty. <laughs> so... You know, so you want you want to go after the juicy bits. Great. So we entitled our program today Three Pathways to Abundance, or we entitled it Pathways to Abundance. Can you share with us what three pathways might be? Uh, absolutely. And there are many pathways, and there are levels to abundance. Abundance is our birthright. So it's okay to have money. Of course, you have to give back. Nowhere is it written that there is virtue in poverty. Our gift is abundance. And the more you think, by the way, and grow in awareness, you realize that that is so. But there's three pathways that are my favorite and that they're principles that I use. There are three laws, universal laws. And, and to understand what that is, that's like gravity. It works all the time, every time, in every circumstances. You have perfect faith in it. You understand everything about it. Well, there are other laws that work the same way. And as you learn and grow, when you find out about these three friends, they're like your sisters and brothers or your cousins. When you understand how they work, like gravity, like you're not going to jump off the roof, because you know you're going to hit the pavement like a raw egg. These three are a powerful trio to use. Now, there, there are three of them. One is the law of polarity or the law of opposites. One is the law of gender or gestation. And the other one is the law of sacrifice, sometimes referred to as the vacuum law of prosperity. So the law of polarity simply says, or the law of opposites, that for every up, there's a down. Inside every cloud, there's a silver lining. There's no inside without an outside. Where there's dark, there's light, etc. So in every case, both sides occur. In this economic condition, if you will, there are more millionaires being made now than at any other time. How can that be? Well, if you understand this law, you know that when there is a bad economy, there also is a good economy. And what you choose to listen to, if you want to listen to people that say it's a bad economy and listen to the news ad nauseum, well, repetition is how you get your beliefs. So if you allow other people's opinions that it's a bad economy to fill your conscious mind day in, day out, in your conversations, pretty soon you're going to believe it. Oh, and guess what? It'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Well, with this, with the law of polarity, you know that there's also a great economy. So you don't listen to that stuff. You say this is a great economy. And guess what? 
your results match what you believe. So in every case, if somebody says something ugly to you, your job is to find something wonderful about them because by law it has to be there. Okay, if you're going to a, a meeting or something and you don't like a person there, this happens all the time, by law there has to be something good about that person. And if before you enter the room you bring the image on your mind of something they did, some nice little thing, open your eyes and walk in, that is what you will see in that person because you will have shifted your context, your perception by using the law of polarity. The other one is the law of gender, which is gestation. All seeds and an idea are, are, will grow. Spiritual seeds are ideas. Physical seeds are the ones we put in the ground. The hitch to this is that any idea or thing that you want, you don't get to say by when. That's governed by this universal law. So, it, you know, people say, well, you know, it's, I've been working on this for six months. It obviously doesn't work. I'm giving up. No. If your desire is strong enough and you understand this law, you know your desire will manifest. You just don't get to say when. Because most people are saying, well, you know, how am I going to do that? When's it going to happen? Well, if it hasn't happened by now, it doesn't work. The other one is the law of sacrifice or vacuum law of prosperity, basically which says you've got to make room for the new, for the new good things in your life and get rid of the old. If you want new curtains, okay, and you really, really want new curtains, you've got to give away the ones you have to make room. And that's a very simple example. If you have a lot of opportunities and you have a lot of things you're doing that don't take you toward your purpose, you chuck those. And then eventually you end up with a garden of nothing but opportunities. And hey, guess what happens then? The law of sacrifice is still working. You can't do it all. Then right. you begin to select which clients, et cetera, or opportunities you will let go. So those are my three. Yeah, and I really like that. And, it, and, and even in applying the, uh, the law of sacrifice into a, something simple as your schedule. You know, it's this... <laughs> Is this particular event or activity moving me towards my purpose or my goal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have you a question know. for you, Leslie, in terms of setting dates for goals. I've heard people also say, well, if you want to achieve a goal, you should say by August of 2010, this is the goal that I want to achieve. What do you think about that versus just setting the goal and waiting for it to manifest as you continue to take steps towards it? Well, I, I'll tell you, you must set a date by when precisely what it is you want and have your first steps, such as mine was to, you know, hire a CPA lawyer, just take your first steps, or it won't happen at all. Goal setting isn't taught in our schools. Only 15% of people set goals and about 5% of them write them down. With only less, with less than five percent of people, uh, wealthy, happy, and healthy, uh, then you will know that the successful, wealthy, happy, and healthy people write down their goals. 
They have to be very clear. You're sending a message to your subconscious mind. You're creating a belief in it. Therefore, it has to be specific. So I want to, and here's what it would look like. You write it in present tense as though it's already occurred. Because the clearer your goal, the precise date, all the attributes, color, form, uh, temperature, location, all of that builds an image. The image creates the belief. The belief that you have in anything has an associated vibration, or it's called amplitude of vibration. If you believe that it's a bad economy, you have a low vibration. If you believe that it's the best economy ever, you have a high vibration. The law of motion, of which the law of attraction is a subset, and that's one of seven laws, that vibration begins to attract any and all things into your awareness in your space to give you what you believe. So if you believe it's a bad economy, that's how you get a bad economy. If you have a goal to make, let's say my goal, this is how it would sound, okay? This is what you have to do to get a goal, create it, and manifest it. It's real easy. It can't be something you know how to do. So if it's a goal and you know how to do it, it's not a good goal. You cannot start with your current results. We don't want our current results. And it takes the same energy to create a small goal as it does a big goal. So you want it to be so big that you are uh, it excites you like like crazy, but it also makes you uncomfortable or scares you. Because it's the uncomfort and the scaring that you will step through that confusion, come out on the other side clear and on a higher level of awareness of your infinite potential. So here's how a good goal would sound, all right? I mean, here's a good example. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a person who makes $50,000 a year, okay? So I'm so happy and grateful now that it is October 2011 and my bank account reflects $750,000. The service that I have given over this time is teaching people how to grow in conscious awareness of their infinite potential and learn new ways of thinking. The first steps on the journey for me were committing to do two Lunch and Learn presentations about this material and to uh, share the information online with friends. That's it. How much, by when, the service you're going to give in return, because there's not something for nothing, and what are your first steps? So to answer your question, it has to be specific. Now, what if you, you miss the date? It's all right. You're sending a clear message to the universe. You're attracting people and things. When it's top of mind, things show up and you go, whoa, that was a coincidence. I was just thinking about it. I needed somebody to help me with a new swimming pool. And here you showed up. You were already, the person was there, but because you got really clear and you were sending a message about what it is you want, when someone spoke about it, your ears perked up. So it, it's it's, for example, if you've ever had a baby, any of your listeners, 
um, or you've known someone who's had a baby. That's for sure everybody. You know, when when you're pregnant, everybody's pregnant. Now, did everybody, you know, did everybody, you know, have um, uh, conceive at the same time and all of a sudden these people just popped up on the sidewalk? No. <laughs> they were already there. But what's the most important thing in your life when you're pregnant? That baby. So your awareness is really keen and it's honed in on anything to do with having a baby. So all of a sudden, these things, it's like a new car, you know, brand new model. Oh, you hardly see any of them as soon as you buy yours. They're on the left side of you, the right side of you, in front of you, and in back of you. Always there, but you just weren't aware of them. That's that's so true. Mm -hmm. I I see that in my own life as, you know, as I I prepare for speaking engagements and that kind of thing, and especially now that uh, that's, that's my main focus. And everything now uh, is a speaking topic for me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's what I'm focused on now. So now that's my level of awareness. Everything, everything inspires me to speak about it. Because that's your desire. And, and because we only hold one thought really in our mind, we want to be pretty judicious. <laughs> about who gets in. So you could be driving Ellie to to a location for a speaking engagement and really something pops into your mind about the people that you're going to speak to that day. A really interesting fact that you want to bring in, right? And somebody cuts you off in traffic. You, The higher level of awareness you have gives you the ability to let that go, the person that cut in front of you, to hold that idea. Because if you let it go, to be angry or wave your arm at the person who cut you off or lay on the horn, that idea washes right through you and goes back into circulation into the universe, and you've lost it. Make sense? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Leslie. Mm-hmm. So, so, Leslie... Can you tell me how you decided that you wanted to become a a, a life success coach, a facilitator, someone who helps other people to reach their goals? Yeah, I I would love to. I started my transformation studies, metaphysics, quantum physics, Eastern religion, Western religion, did all the landmark education work, which is uh, EST was the precursor, just fascinated with all sorts of the quantum string theory. You know, you name it, I was there. Because remember, I did um, encounter groups in the 60s. So in 96, I started this journey again. And three, well, I think maybe four years ago, The Secret came out. And some friends and I were getting together, and we said, you know, we ought to start a group just studying The Secret because we just loved it, right? It was so great, all about the law of attraction and how exciting, right? I mean, this was right up my alley. So we started a group, and I had learned to coach through Landmark and uh, Education. They have a good program in coaching and in transformation for, for a beginner. And then, um, you know, built on this, and all of a sudden I realized I was coaching people for free and doing everything for free, and I loved it. So I started to ask the universe, isn't there some place where I could go to study with masters where I could start getting paid for what I love doing and I do well? And I got real focused on it. I really asked the universe, please send me that. And oddly enough, through an errant email in my meetup group box 
from someone I didn't know with a link inside I'd never seen, both times of which normally I would chuck, um, my intuition said, open these. There was a link inside. It took me to Bob Proctor's site, very minimal site. I picked up, the, I got this hit in my solar plexus. Here was your answer. So you got to be ready to see it, right? I made the phone call. Uh, they, I learned all about the program. I knew that I was going to do this. Okay, I knew it. There was nothing that was going to stand in my way, even when they gave me the price, which was close to $20,000. And I didn't have that. I don't think I had $1,000. I've been doing everything for free. Right. Um, but it didn't matter, Ellie. I knew it, and I leaned toward that and never looked back. And six months later, I had the money, started my first mastermind, went to training, and I have never looked back. I've been able to work with the masters. I said, I want to work with masters. I've studied this stuff for since 96. And at that time, I thought, because of my age, I better not start in the middle or the bottom again. I said, I better hurry up. <laughs> so, so that's how it happened. It was all through a request, and I didn't even understand how this worked at the time. I just knew to ask. I just knew to visualize myself studying with Bob Proctor, right? I just visualized it. I loved the work, and that's how it happened, and I've never looked back, not one moment. It's fabulous. And what are some of your personal goals for the next, let's say, five to ten years? Well, personally, my biggest dream is to be speaking before thousands of people on raised awareness, different levels of thinking, having people laugh and giggle, because in my presentations, I throw in a lot of humor. I also like to sing. So that's my big dream. As far as money... I would like within the next five years to have $5 million, four of which I will give back in some way. I don't know what that will be at this time. And to bring hundreds more people into higher awareness. I know that we only need 11% of the population, Ellie, to literally shift our consciousness to a higher level of consciousness. So that's, you know, my dream is to continue moving in that direction and then get to speak before thousands and thousands of people to make an impact, you know, exponentially to get us to living closer to peace, to being, everyone being 100% responsible for themselves and everybody else. Right. And how do you stay inspired? I am inspired because when I see the the faces of my students and the light bulb come on as the confusion moves into clarity and they get excited and they start getting insights, that's one way I stay inspired because that's my purpose. The other way is it just feels good. Learning and growing, it just feels good. That's why we've ha we live virtuously. Every culture has had virtues to live by. It just feels good. And I like feeling good. We're supposed to feel good. 
And if we don't feel good, we put our body into dis-ease. We're sort of out of harmony with who we were at the moment of birth. So I just it makes me feel good, and I like feeling good. So those are the two things that inspire me. Leslie, how can our listeners find you? They can find me at pathsofchange.com, www.paths, P-A-T-H-S, of change.com. I have a little newsletter, Drops of Awareness, and it's just twice a month. Um, you can also find me on Facebook as Leslie Flowers, L-S-C, that's for Life Success Consultant, or on Twitter, Leslie L-S-C. Wonderful, Leslie. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with our listeners. You've really provided some valuable success strategies for everyone today, and we really appreciate it. And I appreciate your allowing me to share with your audience, Ellie. I'm just uh, honored. It was so wonderful to actually meet you um, and get to know you, and I know I'll be seeing you again soon, and I, I trust that the people that were listening today got something wonderful that they can take with them and start using right away to start growing and learning new ways of thinking. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Leslie, for sharing your heart and your goals. Oh, thank you. Take good care. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, you can drop me a note on Facebook on the Leadership Strategies for Women page. Until next time, God bless.